Welcome to the UCC Show. Our email address is uccinfo at ingrammicro.com and follow us on Twitter at ingrammicroinc. Hello everyone, this is Simon Dudley, the host of the UCC Show. Today we've got Nick Tidd, VP of Global Partners at Polycom. Nick, welcome to the show. Thanks, Simon. It's great to be here. Good man. So uh, I'm excited, right? Uh, I'm an ex-Polycom myself. I mean, a long time ago now. And I know that Polycom's distribution people are, well, they're the heart of the organization. So, and you're uh, the, ab- Absolutely. And you're the VP of it. So this is going to be an interesting chat today. It, I'm looking forward to it, especially since you've got some domain knowledge and I, and I can't pull the wool over your eyes. Well, I wouldn't put money on that. I did leave Polycom 13 years ago. Uh, you've, you've grown up rather a lot since I left. Yes, it, it's amazing to me as we've gone through some interesting times since I joined, which was seven months ago, about the potential acquisition of Mitel, and then that then morphed into the acquisition of Sirius. And what was really interesting for me, Simon, was the strength of the brand and the loyalty of the channel to the brand. And, and to me, that is just phenomenal. And it's a great honor to be able to represent Polycom. I think so. I mean, I, you know, frankly, Polycom's a monster in the in the industry. And as you rightly say, a, a very important player. I mean, really, you could argue the, the crucible from what most of the industry has actually become or come from. It's uh, an amazing place. But before we get into Polycom, let's talk about you, right? You're uh, seven uh, months, so brand new to Polycom. Uh, but you mm-hmm. didn't come out the egg. I've noticed you're not 22. So uh, what <laughs> What did you do before Polycom? Well, back when I was a wee young lad. Now, we won't go back that far now that you've thrown the age card out there. But uh, you know, a, a Canadian transplant uh, moved to the U.S. back in, in 09, grew up in the networking UC space. Uh, a lot of folks in the portfolio of our partner domain remembered me from 3Com. And coming out of 3Com, I went and did some retail work at D-Link and it was amazing and talk about brand perception, you know, going into D-Link, the first thing I had to go out is look, we're more than your $99 router, you know, and, and building out that practice and, and really taking them to the next step in the revolution. And then as many of the folks on this call can appreciate, we're seeing this, this shift in the hardware space to subscription services, whether that's device as a service, infrastructure as a service, so I did a quick U-turn and went to work for a small software company because I really wanted to get the basis of the way in which you recognize revenue, the way in which you compensate your teams and what that does to your supply chain is very different than a traditional hardware vendor. And then, of course, coming full circle back into Polycom, I inherited a base of 7,000 partners globally, a very rich distribution space of which Ingram is, is part of that. And always been a supporter and advocate of Ingram. I have a lot of respect for their teams. We have them globally in our footprint. And so now as I've gotten two of my three kids through college, it's now about doubling down and making some money for retirement. And no, I'm not that close to retirement, folks, but look forward to the the next chapter in my career. Well, I think that's a very reasonable point. I mean, really, 7,000 partners. I, you, we already said about what an important player in the market Polycom is. That's a mm-hmm. remarkable number of partners. How do you manage that? 
All from your, well, so, your you're in a, under a volcano somewhere in Southern California. Well, cl- close to the beach, so I'm not I'm not exposed to the fires, but we're still waiting for the big one to happen where all those folks behind us get beachfront property. But we'll, we'll save that conversation for a different day. But it's it's really remarkable, Simon, because the the video space and the unified communication space is going through probably the most exciting transition I've seen in my career in that call control at the heart of UC has always been on-prem. And we're seeing that move to the cloud. And we're seeing Microsoft emerge as a leading UC partner. Who would have thought 12 months ago that Skype for Business would enable a pathway for collaboration of application? And we're seeing a lot of customers go to hybrid. And we're seeing for the first time that that 800-pound gorilla that's controlled the UC call control platform has now got a real competitor in the space and it's changing the landscape. At the same time, and I'll speak specifically to the conference room configurations where it was fix a screen to the front, very complex, call your admin to start a meeting because UIs were complex and ability to join meetings was complex. Now, like you and I did one click to join today. Phenomenal notion that video is being part of, but let me go back to that conference room for a second. So you've got this pathway of traditional AV partners that are now finding themselves having to deal with collaboration with things like workflow and collaboration and single sign-up, whereas before they were focused on the room. The room experience itself is changing, where how often we sit in, in meeting rooms and you're looking at the back of somebody's head when you're staring at the screen and somebody's eating a bag of chips and you're hearing all that noise. And so the morphing of technology to center of the room experience to what Polycom's doing and creating that interactive appearance, noise cancellation so you don't hear that bag of chips or in in our world, the majority of our workforce is work from home. I don't wanna hear somebody's dog in the background. I don't wanna hear their kids yelling in the background. So create acoustic fences. So the market itself, is changing, and I'll circle back to your question about how do you manage those 7,000? Well, let's use the Olympic metaphor, and all we've seen this week is swimming, swimming, swimming. So let's use the swim lane analogy, right? Putting partners in their swim lanes, giving them the destination and the end goal to win that ultimate medal, which is creating the most unique collaborative experience, and that's changing our partner ideology, our partner methodology, our measurement, our criteria, and the way we use technology. Think about it today. We have six generations in the workforce now, and we've got millennials coming in who the majority of them sleep with their phones, right? So talk about being connected, right? To them, I don't want to pick up a phone and have a conversation. I want to see the person I'm interacting with. Think about what we've done with Skype for Business, the Skype before that, with FaceTime and all of those immediate connectivity type tools. I want to be empowered to communicate when I communicate. And to us, that's really defying the distance and creating an ecosystem that can, can incubate that. And then more importantly, and really important to the folks that are listening to the podcast, how do I make money? Polycom needs to show me how to make the money. Sure. Now, I think that's a fantastic way of thinking of it. So talk to us about 
your relationship with Microsoft in a bit more detail, right? A massive player, and you have really gotten bit with them. So what's that? Oh, absolutely. You know, we've had a longstanding relationship with Microsoft. It goes back some 14 years as we built out link room systems. And then the technology's really morphed into where we are today with the E5 platform in Skype for Business, which is not globally rolled out, but of course E3 is. And the notion of being able to take and house within a single user experience. So I've got my Office 365, I've got I've got Skype for Business in there, I've got my instant messaging capability, and now I want to do click to join for video. I want to do click to join for share for content. And so it's taking our handsets, which was really the first generation, putting the Skype iconology on that. So what do you mean by Skype iconology? Customers want a seamless experience. The icons they see on their screen are the icons they want on their phone, right? It's that it's the notion, Simon, that no UI is a great UI, right? And that's really what we strive for, right? And then it's now morphed into at Enterprise Connect, uh, we announced three strategic initiatives with them. One was compatibility with Trio, which is our SoundStation next gen product, which is doing extremely well our VVX handsets. Then we announced Project Rigel, and Rigel is about, and you'll see more of this later on in the year, where you've got a Surface Hub in the center of room and you want to control content, you want to display content. And then from there, the next gen of Project Aqua, which essentially is interoperability. You and I today, we dialed in from disparate platforms. You had me join using a third party. I joined from my Polycom client. And we mediated that in the middle. That next gen is taking similar manufacturers of product, having them connect in an interoperability platform, again, with a single click to join. And what Microsoft driving this year, as you know, Microsoft, most resellers know when Microsoft's year end is because they get hit up for license renewals, right? They're now in their next fiscal year. For them now, it's all going to be about consumption. Because before it was, how many licenses can I sell? And this is where Ingram's going to play a very big part for us here in that enablement of measurement of consumption and rationalizing consumption methodology. So let me, let me elaborate on that a little bit. So you would go out, you would buy your licenses, and half the licenses would never get used. What Microsoft's focused on now is how are those licenses being used in consumption, i.e., is somebody picking up the handset and using the Microsoft Cloud? Is somebody using video to enable collaboration and sharing? When you attach a Polycom device to a, to a Microsoft client, you are driving consumption by a 12x factor. And that's how they're going to measure their partner community. That's how they're going to measure their end users. That's, in fact, how they're going to compensate their teams is on consumption. And Polycom, seven out of every 10 phones shipping in a, in a Skype environment come from Polycom. And so we're their, quote, unquote, their go-to partner for enablement for consumption. So the folks listening on the call, think about this for a second. If you're selling Microsoft and you're not attaching an endpoint, you are leaving money on the table. You literally are saying to the community, hey, I enabled this customer for you. Why don't you go add your services? And services is a very key point. Let me stress this again. This is where, for many of us in the industry, 
Where there's mystery, there is margin, right? So the whole ability around assessment services, workflow collaboration, professional services, if you're not selling services to your end customers, don't call me to complain about the margin on a hardware device because you again have left the second most important opportunity on the table and that's enablement. And that's where a lot of folks go, hey, I'm interested. And if you don't believe me, look at the marketplace itself and the number of seats. And we, we, many of us, and there were skeptics in the marketplace, hey, this is gonna be small, medium enterprise. I, I can tell you folks, we just signed one of the, in the top five, in the Fortune five, have just signed a, 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 an agreement with our partner community to, to uh, enable 18,000 seats in a Skype for Business marketplace. That's Again, it's, it's remarkable. I mean, it's, that's, that's multiple zeros, probably two zeros, maybe three from the top 1% of deals that were done a year ago. It's enormous. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Enormous. And that's why for me, kind of, you can hear the excitement in my voice in that, I fought against them for so long and, and and now to have like this massive quiver and arrow, use the analogy, right? I'm a Canadian, right? So uh, I'm a social pacifist. We get along with everybody. We say sorry too much, but man, this is going to be a really cool dogfight to watch because the customer is going to have a choice. If you want pure call control, stick with a call control vendor in the cloud. If you want call control with collaboration and you're willing to forgo some function and feature in the short term, that's where the market's going. It's that single experience. Think about this for a second. Let, let's take a different pathway. The success of the iPhone was not driven on the voice quality because that was carrier dependent. It was around the application, the development, the app community, driving content, creating content, creating an environment. That same thing is happening now in the UC space where you would go in and it would be a proprietary application and you would build everything around it. Now partners, and they're looking at this going, my gosh, I had a Microsoft practice, I had a UC practice, they're smashing together. Now don't get me wrong, OpenSIP is still extremely important to Polycom. In OpenSIP with what we do with, with, the, with the broad softs of the world and others, in that we are in that marketplace, we're call control agnostic. So, you know, you look at the TRIO and, and TRIO announced in October, unit shipments doubled quarter on quarter. Think about, and, and you mentioned this earlier on, Simon, the brand of Poly, how many conference rooms you walk into and there's a Polycom Starfish SoundLink phone. Guess what folks, that's upgrade opportunity. That's Nirvana, that customer, has enjoyed the Polycom rich experience, tremendous hardware configurations, all the things that have gone with it, with all the accoutrements that go with it. Now we brought Trio to market with visual collaboration, meaning, hey, I can go into a conference room, into a huddle room, I can push content to a screen using my own laptop. This is cool. Right. And you're and, talking and about so opportunity there of, I don't remember how many conference phones you've sold now, uh, multiple million, isn't it? Over 5 million sound station phones out there for upgrade, folks. It's easy. It's easy money. Easy money. <laughs> 
you know, Nick, this is a this is one of those interviews where I'm thinking I'm getting paid for this and I'm not saying anything and it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I you, Simon, just give me a microphone. I want to yell from the rooftops of how important it is our our relationship with Ingram and the enablement. And and, and so let me give your audience a few snippets of what's coming their way. How about the ability to go into the Microsoft marketplace, enable all of our technologies, build your bill of materials, have single configuration capabilities, take advantage of what we do with NetX and Greenville for provisioning phones, and that footprint, right? That just opens up a whole unique opportunity for us in the marketplace to demonstrate our technologies. And with Ingram's horsepower and capability, we want to conquer the world together. So you bring up, I mean, what a fantastic vision that is, truly. Um, you talked, you brought up NetX. Uh, Ingram bought NetX recently. You probably, mm-hmm. can you give us a bit of color around that? Because there's been a bit uh, of that. Uh, absolutely. Before. Let's talk about NetX first, and then we'll talk about mm-hmm. who actually owns Polycom afterwards. So the, the NetX. Uh, absolutely. Continue. So it, it was interesting for me because it was almost like old home week. So I, I, I started with Polycom, as I said, uh, back in January. And I'm like, you guys are dealing with NetX in Greenville, South Carolina, this little. And, and I had been talking to NetX back in my 3Com days about, about open source capability and what they were doing in the marketplace. And what NetX did in the marketplace was they carved out this niche of being able to provision handsets, being able to take an image, load it onto a phone and literally ship it out to the customer on behalf of resource. So let me give you an example. So Simon Dudley's working for for Pricewaterhouse and you're in cube 100-4 in 55, 55th Street in New York and your phone number's X. They literally provision that and ship that unit out and have that capability of configuration. And and as folks understand the UC business, which of course many of the folks on the listening to the podcast understand, is that that's a complex transaction. And so NetX had built this business supporting us in a number of our, our ITSP accounts. And ITSP, by the way, forgive me all the acronyms we all talk in. Those are our telephony hosted partners. Those are your ring centrals and your eight by eights of the world that are selling you an all-in service. Um, They had built this business, a very successful business. Ingram acquired them in the April timeframe, which then brought Ingram back into our distribution fold here in the United States. We'd still had relationships with them in Canada and and, in other parts of EMEA, but it brought it full circle for us. And and what Ingram's doing with NetX and, and is building that platform out so that we can provision endpoints, we can configure endpoints, we can load code onto it, and I'll let your mind wander with where that takes you 12 and 24 months from now. And so for, for us, um, it enabled us to now take NetX on a global platform because we're getting asked from a number of our, and I'll speak specifically to the US for a second, we've got a number of our partners now saying, look, I wanna reach into Europe. I want to reach into Canada, right? And so how do you, and as manufacturers, we struggle with this, how do you create a program that enables them to have the same discount structure, the same logistic structure, the same deployment structure? And so it's important for us as we look to expand beyond the borders. And by the way, you know, we've talked about this for years, 
there's always been an, a network of peer-to-peer networking in that, hey, I'm a domestic partner. I want to partner with another partner in another part of the world. There is some very good UC partnerships evolving today that we need to take advantage of as we go as we go forward. So the, the NetX piece is, was a very interesting acquisition for Ingram and really changes their ability from a from a logistics and configuration into the UC space. It's interesting. Uh, the first person we had on this interview series was Jeff Yelton from Ingram. Yep. And that was a few months ago now. And Jeff was so excited about the NetX uh, purchase. Mm-hmm. And yep. he really wasn't in a position, and to be fair to him, it had happened weeks earlier, to enunciate what the ramifications of that new relationship were. Mm-hmm. I, I think that ties it up very nicely. So, so Absolutely. Ingram bought NetX, and then <laughs> I tell we're going to buy you, and then suddenly they weren't going to buy you. And by the way, I, for those of you who don't know this, I've been writing about this pretty uh, extensively recently. And then Sirius Capital came in and bought you, and uh, which I, by the way, personally thought was a fantastic move, and people can go and find what I had to say about it. But what's the official line, and, and what does Nick Tidd think of all this? Absolutely. Well, so I'll give you the official line, and I'll and I'll and I'll skirt the personal piece for a second. But uh, so you know, we we obviously had we had entered into uh, an intent to be acquired by Mitel, and for many of us, myself included, that is a, a a very significant undertaking because you have your day job, and then you have your nighttime job, which is when you're when you're basically being acquired. They're doing their due diligence, and there was there was absolutely some significant opportunity for for Polycom with what they were doing in my cloud and what they were doing with Mavenir in the five G space. Uh, but there was some overlap at the same time, and that was concerning to a number of our partners. Um, it was concerning in that my cloud competed with some of our hosted voice providers. Um, so I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say there was some contentious conversation in the channel community. But at the same time, um, the MyTel offer and the MyTel team were phenomenal. You know, we were open about Sirius was a known entity when they entered into that and anybody could read our our filings. And if you can't sleep at night, they're 100, 120 pages. And there's some real good reading in there, but you got to find it. But uh, we were very open with them. And um, as Sirius, Sirius actually had tried to acquire Polycom several years ago. So we were a known entity to Sirius. Um, and what's unique about Sirius, Simon, is that they are not your major private equity firm buying five and 10 companies a year. You know, they typically buy one a year. They don't drop their own leadership team in. What they do is they create an advisory team. And I'm very, very happy with the advisory team that's gonna be part of us. In fact, that advisory team will sit on our board. Um, and they're very channel, very, very channel friendly. In fact, one of Michael Seedman uh, came out of US Robotics. So obviously I've, I've had some interaction with Michael. I've seen him work. Uh, the, the two other individuals also come out of a channel pedigree. That's a good message for our, for our channel partners. And essentially what happened was Mitel had an opportunity to match the offer from Sirius. They decided not to. Uh, and now the Sirius, and for those that are financially more astute than I, you know, this is now a binding offer. So we're done, you know, barring any unforeseen regulatory approvals that don't take place. This, this for all intents and purposes, will close in the September, October timeframe. 
you know, and, and then there's a, well, well, we're certainly going to have some financial uh, obligation to the shareholders of Sirius. You have a different set of accountability when it comes to revenue. You're not stuck in this 90-day window of complete intensity. And, you know, you and I, you can appreciate back to your Polycom days and our partner community, they, they joke about it. They go, well, you know, I'm going to hold this deal till maybe week nine, week 10. I know somebody's going to cave and blink in a standoff to give me additional discount. You don't have to force those same behaviors. Well, but again, and, and I would remind everybody, this is Sirius's largest acquisition. They want to make money. They're, they're in this to make money. Uh, and so that from that piece, it's going to be very, very cool. It's also going to give us the ability to make investments beyond current quarter. We recognize we have to be more robust with respect to our cloud offering. We have to move to a device as a service model, which we announced back at the Microsoft Worldwide Conference. All of those things have an impact on your revenue and your expense line. And typically when you're publicly traded, you get crucified if you don't have the return in the quarter. So it's going to give us some ability, not, not, not to use the Wizard of Oz analogy to go behind the curtain, but it almost is. It, it, it really gives us an opportunity to right size but maintain that same aggressive technology roadmap, the same aggressive acquisition of partners and to build out our partner community. So it's been interesting. You know, I, I started January 4th. My second week was with Team Polycom, as you can appreciate from your days. This is 1,500 of my closest friends, and I find myself on the stage by Thursday and then April comes along, my tail gets thrown at me. I'm like, what did I just walk into? But at the same time, I'm having an absolute blast. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Nick, we can, I mean, everyone listening to this can tell you are having a blast. And I think Polycom, many companies have, but Polycom has for a very long time been hamstrung by that 90-day quarter mm -hmm. thing. It's crazy. I lived through it. Many people have lived through it either on either side of the same fence. For you guys to be independent and can be allowed to go quiet allows you to do whatever you want to do. That's huge. Uh, I think it's a very absolutely. I think it's an exciting yeah, time in the industry and an exciting time for you. You're going to be your competitors are going to be looking over their shoulders because they all still have to play the quarterly game. Correct. Yes, they still have to play it. They're still measured in that quarterly difference and. The market share numbers will tell the tale. The analyst community will tell the tale. But the most important piece, partners are going to vote with their confidence in our portfolio and end users will vote with their dollars. You know, to me, at the end of the day, you know, a lot of folks ask me, and I'll segue a little bit off of your question. A lot of people ask me, so, hey, Nick, how many partners are you going to have? I'm going to have as, num as many partners needed to cover as a geo. Well, how do you know? You know when you've exhausted their share of wallet. So it's a balance between quantity and quality. And that is, as I bring to the table, and, and folk, folks that have worked with me know that um, I pay very close attention to the analytics of our business, the number of partners buying a distribution, how we're indexed in our marketplaces, how cross-selling of our, of our product platform. And so as you go through all of those transitions, 
it really makes for a, a very unique time. And, and I encourage partners that may perhaps not selling our product today, reach out to your Ingram account manager, Le learn more about us, know that we're still new with Ingram here domestically. For those that are listing that are in other geos in the world, we've obviously got a little bit more tenure with them, but uh, we're pretty excited to be onboarded with Ingram. Well, uh, Nick, the energy level in this has been remarkable. Uh, I wanted to thank you for coming on the show. Is there anything else you want to say to anyone before we let you go? I think you've, you've said so much for everyone to digest, but any last points? Uh, la la last points I would give you is don't look back, look forward. This market's changing quickly, and there's a tremendous amount of opportunity. You know, we've always talked about video, and video has always been part of the ecosystem, but video is going to be front and center, but not necessarily even video, Simon, and, I, and I'm probably not doing it justice. I would talk about workflow and collaboration and workplace of the future. Going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for thanks for having me. A tremendous, great to be on your show. Oh, it's been a, a, a true pleasure. Thanks very much, Nick. Our email address is uccinfo at ingrammicro.com and follow us on Twitter at Ingram Micro Inc.